Just Thinking with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. We're back. It's another edition of the Just Thinking broadcast. I am Virgil Walker. And I am Daryl Harrison. What's going on, Oma? Easy. <laughs> oh, no doubt, man. You you always teed up with just a little bit different every time. I never know what's I gotta coming. keep it fresh, man. I gotta yeah. keep it fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hey, love do, it. Do, do you know something, Omaha? What's up? This is episode 40 days and 40 nights, bro. Yeah, yeah. Number four 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 zero. No doubt. This is no episode doubt. four zero. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's a, that's, a, that's a benchmark, man. That's a benchmark. It really is, man. We've been keeping this thing going for 40 weeks straight. Yeah, man. Man, man, it's been good. It's been great. It's like, you know, we're in like Noah's Ark territory, man. <laughs> <laughs> 40 weeks with 40 no weeks? break. No break, man. Doing it, doing it, man. It's, been a, lot, it's been a lot of fun, man. Been enjoying it, man. What do you, you know, think? Given the topic we're going to be talking about in this episode, man, we need to talk to Dwayne about forming a union. <laughs> I, need, I need some time off. Something, man. I need something, some paid man. time off. Something, yeah, but we, we he needs to double our pay or something, man. We need to do what, something. What? How do you double? Z- how do you double zero? <laughs> I, I, I see. I see. He's got some gear and some stuff, man. Maybe he's got some coins we don't know about. Maybe, maybe we have to, again. Given given the topic, man, that we're about to drop, maybe we maybe we might need some representation up in this year. Man. No, man. We, need, <laughs> we need to start a movement, man. Right. <laughs> see what we can make happen on this thing, man. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. So, but you know, you did kind of allude to the fact that now we do have apparel available for the just thinking podcast man absolutely absolutely man got got some merch got, got some, some merch, merch. got yeah. some merchandise available uh caps t-shirts polos yep all right polo shirts so go out to the bar mm-hmm. the bar and if you're interested in uh helping us out supporting the podcast by purchasing some just thinking apparel. Yeah. You can go out to the barpodcast.com, check it out, and uh get in touch with uh Dollar Bill Dwayne Atkinson. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna get you for that one, man. <laughs> I don't care. It'll be, it'll be too late now because it's already it's on already the on there. It's already recorded. <laughs> it's all good it's all good well man that's that's some good stuff man i want to also tee up man last week man the revoice man we got a lot of great feedback uh from that episode and a lot of folks man who are listening and and i just wanted to daryl if you'll allow me man i just wanted to kind of yeah just just yeah just by just by way of, of just some some clarification uh, there was in the in that space, man, and and I, I first of all, let me say this: I so appreciate our our, our listeners, man. So appreciate uh, the folks who who listen and are consistent uh, with with you know, with just thinking and what we've got going, and and their their just their rapid sp- uh, pace at which they they circle back and give us feedback. One of the feedback 
pieces that they circled back on was there was a comment uh, that I made when I talked about Nate Collins. Um, he is uh, he he's educated from Southern uh, in an SBC school. Uh, I think the Revoice conference actually happened uh, at a at a PCA church. Uh, and I, I think the reference that I made uh, caused it to sound as if I was I made the statement uh, that that the PCA endorsed uh, Revoice. Uh, and, in, and, and in no way, shape or form did I mean to imply uh, that that was the case. That was misspeak mm-hmm. on my part. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to apologize for that. Uh, I, I knew that that was not a PCA or denominational um, endorsement of Revoice. Uh, that was clear on my end, though, though in my communication, uh, that definitely did not get conveyed as clearly as I would have would have liked. And so I wanted to make that clear, wanted to go ahead and put that out there, make that apology, misspeak on my part. I, I was very clear about how the lines uh, were drawn, but just probably did, could have could have made that a little bit more clear than it was at the time. So I definitely appreciate the listeners and their feedback uh, and the fact that they're connected with what's going on. So I, and I appreciate you, uh, Daryl, let me take just a minute to make that clarification. Absolutely, Omaha, man. No question about that. No need to thank me on that. Again, I think to your point about the fact that our listeners, they listen very attentively. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool, man, that we have such a cross-denominational audience uh, who listens to the Just Thinking broadcast mm-hmm. uh, every week. And we appreciate all of you all. Um, mm-hmm. Virgil and I, offline, we talk about the support and the encouragement and the prayers that we get from our listeners all the time. And we don't take that for granted at all. Uh, You know, here we are doing episode number 40. Uh, We wouldn't be doing this if you guys weren't behind us. Right. Uh, So please uh, trust us when we say that we take your comments and feedback seriously. We're definitely open to any constructive criticism. We work really, really hard to get our theology right, Mm -hmm. to get our citations right. Uh, to get all of these sources and resources that we incorporate into the dialogue that we have between one another on these episodes to make sure that's accurate. Uh, So, you know, obviously we are uh, imperfect in doing that. Mm. uh, And we we appreciate you all uh, gently reminding us of where we may fall short. uh, And please know that it's never uh, intentional uh, in doing that. But uh, Back to Revoice for a second. Uh, we I do want to thank all of our listeners for the support you've given us around that episode. Uh, wow. Uh, Revoice, I think Revoice is going to be resonating for quite a while here, Omaha, uh, for, for better or worse. I don't think uh, I don't think Revoice is going away anytime soon. I don't either. Uh, and and it, it, it was it was uh, it, it was tough doing that episode a little bit because I, I don't know that anyone gets any personal satisfaction out of uh, calling out someone's sin. No. Um, but that's what, uh, that's what God has called us out to do. I mean, we see that in Ephesians five 11, where we are called to expose the deeds of darkness, Absolutely. but we're to do that in love. And that's what we try to do. Uh, if you haven't, been able to listen to that episode is episode 39 is the most recent one that we've done mm-hmm. uh, on uh, the revoice conference that was held uh, a couple weeks ago in St. Louis. So if you want to listen to that, go ahead and check it out. You can go on the bar slash JT 
or you can uh, download it, search for it in your podcast app on your smartphone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Omar. Yeah, you got tonight, bro. What man, we got we got quite a bit, man. I was just you know as I was kind of looking at some different things and kind of checking things out, looking at the, at the landscape of, uh, of of ideas that are kind of out there and uh, what's going on. The the thing that kept kind of coming up on the on the radar screen um, for me in particular was the the idea of of democratic socialism democratic socialism of course the, the the darling of the idea of democratic socialism right now is this young lady um you know out of uh, out of new york by by the name of alexandria ocasio cortez and uh she is uh she just won uh new york primary uh, race really excited about that and she's out kind of in front uh of, of things there's a lot of a lot of excitement around a young fresh face around a young voice and and uh there there are a lot of folks within the democratic party who are uh who are saying she's the she's the new face uh, of the democratic party and so they're really excited about her and about what she brings uh to the to the table um the the reason why this interested me is because i i, I see it as as someone who ministers to young people um i i see uh, you know, this idea of, of democratic socialism um, being embraced by, by a millennial culture. Um, and, and, and really, you know, you're seeing it embraced by the left uh, to, to greater and lesser degrees, depending upon who you talk to. I think there are those on the left who are smart about how to couch it. I think, I think uh, Barack Hussein Obama did a great job of, of, of kind of you know, being very vague about the ideas uh, that he held with regard to this issue, uh, but 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 you you also had the, you know have those who are who are more brash about it. You know, who are who are aged like Bernie Sanders. Um, he's just you know going to come out and say, "Here's here's who I am. Here's what here's what I'm about," and um, and and kind of puts it up there. But this young lady, you know, it, it, I guess has put the the democratic socialism uh, piece on it. You know, I guess if you vote. If you vote in favor of socialism, it's, it should be a, a better, cleaner, uh, more wonderful version of socialism. And I've, I've gone onto her website and looked at her platform and, and all of that. And, and, and again, for me, and, and I, I know you know this, but just for our listeners, for me, this is less of an issue of, of you know, Democrat, Republican. Uh, on, on, on the Just Thinking broadcast, man, we talk about worldview. Yeah. And um, we, we, we deal with issues from a from a from a biblical worldview. We want to compare what's happening out in the culture uh, through the lens of the gospel and, 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 and witness its impact. And so, man, as I was looking at, at her platform and all the issues around it and, and, and different things like that, which I, I'm, I'm not I'm not really going to go into because that's really not what this is about. Right. Uh, I, I really began to listen for the language of of alexandria ocasio cortez uh in the culture and so again as i'm i'm whether it's at church uh whether it's in christian circles i began noticing that i'm hearing more and more of the of the language around democratic socialism 
in the jargon of the young people that I that I minister to, you know, they want they want equality and and they're looking for social justice and uh, they're they're you know they're looking for equality in economics and 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 distribution of wealth and just different things that they begin to talk about. So as I began to kind of think about this, I, I shot this you know info to you and then and then you know I, I know you kind of looked at it and began. Uh, playing around with it and, and kind of came up with some some ideas a, a, around it, but I, I wanted to see what is how is this impacting Christian culture? What is what is this doing to with regard to folks who who hold to a Christian worldview? What does it look like for us as believers? And so that's kind of what 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 I'll what I'll tee up and kind of toss your direction, man. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, you know what I'm seeing, Omaha. Number one, you're absolutely right. It is starting to believe by it, I mean, democratic socialism and socialism in general mm-hmm. is starting to bleed into the evangelical church. And what you touched on is exactly the evidence that I'm pointing to. And that is the language. Yeah. We are increasingly hearing socialist language, socialist vernacular, the language of socialism being inculcated into the quote unquote gospel. I say quote unquote because anything outside of the outside of the gospel that purportedly influenced influences the gospel is not the gospel. Okay. But you're absolutely right. We're starting to hear that language. We're starting to hear those terms being repeatedly referenced, cited, uh appropriated, if you will, um as gospel uh, and the issues that are associated with socialism are being defined and termed as quote unquote gospel issues, right? We keep hearing that phrase a lot today, right? Everything's a gospel issue. Um, You know, as it turns out though, Omaha, this whole idea of socialism within the church is, is not new. And I was, as I was preparing for this episode, on the Just Thinking broadcast where we're talking tonight about socialism. There are so many tentacles to the philosophy of socialism. There are very many tentacles to that. So when you're talking about socialism, you're not just talking about one thing, even as it relates to the extent to which socialism is influencing the church. Um, As it turns out, Christian socialism, which is the term, I discovered in preparing for this episode, Christian socialism goes all the way back to the mid 19th century. Uh, and a gentleman by the name of Frederick Denison Maurice, um, Maurice uh, happened to be a 19th century Anglican theologian. He was an avowed socialist and also a professing Christian. And you might equate Frederick Denison Maurice, you may describe him as being to Christian socialism what James Cone was to Black liberation theology. Interesting. Uh, so many consider Frederick Denison Maurice to be, if not the founder of Christian socialism, but definitely a founder. Now, right around that same time, early to mid 19th century, there was also a gentleman by the name of John Malcolm Ludlow. John Malcolm Ludlow was also an avowed socialist and a devoted Christian. 
And he and Maurice got together. Matter of fact, it was Ludlow who influenced Maurice. And matter of fact, there was a quote that uh, Ludlow is reportedly to have said to Maurice that really influenced Maurice behind the ideology of Christian socialism, where Ludlow told him once, quote, socialism must be Christianized, Ludlow mm-hmm. said. Interesting. Interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. So Ludlow, t- Ludlow tells Frederick Dennison Maurice that, that socialism must be Christianized. So Christian socialism has its origins in the mid-19th century, and basically what it uh, uh, underlying that whole ideology is an attempt to apply social the social principles of Christianity to modern societal life. Uh, the term was generally associated with the demands of Christian activists for a social program of political and economic action on behalf of all individuals. So what you're seeing now today in 21st century evangelical church is what, Verge, right? A rise of Christian activism. Absolutely. Absolutely. A rise of Christian activism, just as it was back in the mid-19th century. Mm-hmm. Now, Christian socialism, again, when held up against socialism in general, and we're going to break these levels of socialism down as we continue to talk about this in this episode of the uh, of the broadcast. But Christian socialism essentially came to be applied in a general sense to any movement, right, that attempted to combine the fundamental aims of socialism with the religious and ethical convictions of Christianity. So that's where you get the, this convergence right. of Christianity and socialism, hence the term Christian socialism, because it attempts to combine the fundamental aims of socialism with the religious and ethical convictions of Christianity. Now, all this begs the question, well, what is socialism? What is socialism? Because as alluded to earlier, there are several layers. When you're talking about socialism, there are several layers, okay? Several variations of socialism. For example, there's there's Marxian socialism, which is modeled after the ideology of Karl Marx. There's utopian socialism, which is based on a belief that social ownership of the means of production can be achieved by voluntary and peaceful surrender of their holdings by property groups. There's Fabian socialism. Uh, That was a 19th century movement that emerged out of the activities of the Fabian society, which was founded in London in 1884. And then of course, there's what you were talking about initially here, democratic socialism. And what democratic socialism essentially is, is a movement that leverages democratic means such as legal system, the political system, to bring about socialism as a reality in a society. So this is, this is the socialism that uh, Miss Ocasio-Cortez uh, purportedly subscribes to. Right. Uh, democratic socialism. Okay. So as I said, there are many, many layers to socialism, but at its most fundamental level, socialism advocates for the abolition of capitalism. Right. And, and that, and that right there is, 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 is critical. Two things I want to interject there. One is that the, the, the value of the podcast, <laughs> I think, is, is I mean, it just got exposed. What, what you've just done, even in defining 
these different forms and facets. I, I think I, of what you shared, I, I'm, I'm very familiar with Marxian, uh, Mar- Marxian socialism, Fabian socialism. Outside of that, I, I, I was aware that there was something as, as far as Christian socialism, but didn't know its origins, didn't mm-hmm. know. I just thought it was an offshoot of something Marxian or something Fabian. I had no idea what where its origins. Now I have a resource to go back to and, and, and check into. But I, I think it's important for the listener to make note and to go back and to do their own research after the show is over. In fact, we got an email or an inbox from a gentleman who said, you know what, I've, I'm listening to the show and and I've been I've been encouraged by what I'm listening to. And folks are taking notes and, and following up and doing research on what's being shared uh, in this space. And, and I just want to encourage folks to do that, to do exactly that, to go back through, listen to what's being said and go back and do your own research as well. Those kinds of things are important and of value. Yeah, absolutely. Omaha, I completely agree with you there. And, and to the extent that we can, we try to help our listeners out by having as much of what we can made available, make, make, made it available to them as links in the episode notes. So when you go out to whether you're on iTunes, Android, or you go out to the, the bar podcast.com slash JT to listen to the podcast, we try to link uh, and, and provide you links to resources that we use in the episode to make that research a lot easier uh, for you. Uh, so essentially, again, socialism at its most fundamental level advocates the abolition, the destruction of capitalism. Now, even more specifically than that, socialism promotes the public or social ownership and control of all private property and natural, natural resources. So under socialism, there is no more private property. No private property. Okay. Now, you think about socialism at its core. Socialism at its core. There is one principal characteristic of socialism, one principal characteristic of socialism that renders it fundamentally antithetical to Christianity, and that is that socialism is inherently compulsory. Socialism is inherently compulsory. It is inherently coercive. That is the one aspect of socialism that renders it completely and wholly antithetical to Christianity. Nothing else even matters as it relates to socialism. That aspect of socialism as an ideology, as a worldview, that it is inherently compulsory and that it is inherently coercive makes it, by definition, antithetical to Christianity. So unlike Christianity, there is nothing volitional about socialism. Mm-hmm. Nothing. There's nothing volitional about socialism. Socialism is nothing less than forced giving. And forced giving is taking. Mm-hmm. Forced giving is another way of saying taking. Right. Okay. But the, I, I think the overarching problem with socialism as a Christian, if we're going to tackle this from the standpoint of the gospel, which is we, which is what we do with everything we address here on the Just Thinking broadcast is that socialism doesn't account for sin. Right. Socialism does not account for a doctrine of harmodiology. Absolutely. It does not account for the doctrine of sin. The the, the reason there is poverty in the world is because of sin. And one thing socialists like Ocasio-Cortez 
and others like her continue to pound the podium about is that they want to alleviate poverty. Right. But they never go to the origin of poverty. The origin of all poverty, whether it's material or spiritual, is sin. The reason there is inequity and injustice is sin. There's not inequity and injustice because of capitalism. There's inequity, there's injustice, there's poverty because of sin. Now I want to cite Romans 8, verses 20 through 22. Romans 8, verses 20 through 22. Come Come on, come on. Paul says, for the creation. That means everything you can see, <laughs> pretty much. Everything in the visible world and universe. For the creation was subject to futility. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. You see, this is what socialism purports to do. Socialism and socialists like Ocasio-Cortez purport to be able to bring to fruition this freedom of the glory that Paul uh, describes in Romans 8, 22. Socialists purport to be able to bring that to fruition. Right. By virtue of forced giving, right. which again is taking. Right. <laughs> okay. Theft. I mean, it's, it's just theft. It's theft. And we're going to get the, we're going to get to these thieves in a second. <laughs> in second Peter three thirteen, Peter writes this. He says, but according to his promise, we, that is believers, that is professing believers in Christ. But according to his promise, that's Christ's promise to us. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. What the socialists purport to be able to do through forced giving, which is taking, is to bring about a new world here where righteousness, justice, equity, etc. dwells. Absolutely. But the scriptures tell us this in 1 John 5, 19. John writes this. He says, we know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of, not capitalists. (laughs) It says the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. The evil one. But this goes back to my point again. Socialists like Ocasio-Cortez do not account for sin. They do not account for the influence, the effect of sin in the world. No, they don't. Absolutely don't. I'll I'll tell you something. I'll tell you another area, man, where they where they absolutely miss the idea of sin. They 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 establish the state. They replace they replace God with the state, right? And, and then they act as if there's no sin in the state, right? Exactly right, exactly right, because the the virtue itself of wanting to help the poor mm-hmm. 
is salvific in itself. Right, right, right. It's salvific is just the mere fact that we want to help. Right, right. Or that we say we want to help. Right. Is is virtuous in and of itself. And that makes it salvific. You see, so this is, and I'm glad you said that verse because what we're really talking about here is a whole new type of soteriology, a whole new definite, a, 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 an entirely new doctrine of salvation that is based on human motives, mm-hmm. human works, human intent uh, that, that sort of supersedes the biblical doctrine of salvation, which is through faith in Christ and his atoning propitiatory work on the cross. Right. Now we have a soteriology that's, that's man-centered. But again, this is nothing new. It's like, it's, it's like it says in Ecclesiastes, there is nothing new under the sun. We just went back to the 1800s, to the origin of Christian socialism. This is nothing new. This stuff's been going on for 200 years, at least. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the irony of those, th- th- there's an irony in in that those who advocate for socialism, who see capitalism as evil, because capitalists are by definition evil to the socialists. The irony is that the socialist who advocates and preaches socialism is that even in that worldview, you're still having to trust sinners to take what belongs to someone else and redistribute it equally to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Now, now, how how Omaha is that right? How is that right? Right, exactly. I mean, it it, it, to, it totally ignores it to the point you made it. It it, it, it ignores the sin nature. Uh, it, it it absolutely ignores that that aspect that that those who are who are in the state are corrupt. It replaces. It replaces God, uh, ignores God, and establishes the state as God, as supreme ruler and authority, who who is now in the position of of, of rightly applying justice, right? Right, right. Rightly applying justice and without defining justice. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Without defining justice. So the capitalist is evil because of what he or she does with his or her own money and their own property. So the solution is to take it from them, which is stealing, which is theft, theft. and redistribute it under the guise of helping the poor and uplifting the poor and empowering the poor. You see, this is why, to your point earlier, Verge, you got to be really careful with the language here. Mm-hmm. You have to be very, very sensitive to the language that these socialists are using because what gets even Christians, what, what gets Christians more susceptible to schemes like socialism, what better to get them hooked than to use the phrase, well, we want to help the poor. Mm-hmm. We want to help those in need. Mm-hmm. We want to help those in need. But see, it's always the socialists, though, that get to define the terms. Right. They get, they're the only ones who get to define the terms. And see, what we're going to find out in this episode of the Just Thinking broadcast is we're going to help, hopefully, listeners understand why socialism is completely antithetical to the gospel. 
Listen to what, um, you know, you mentioned the PCA uh, earlier with respect to our uh, previous episode on revoice. And uh, I'm not Presbyterian, but I do have much, much respect for my Presbyterian friends because it's through them that I came to learn of uh, Dr. J. Gresham Machen. Machen was a, uh, I say was because he was a uh, uh, theologian professor at Princeton Seminary uh, until Princeton got too liberal for him. Right. So Meachin goes off and he starts uh, Westminster Seminary in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And uh, but in 1923, I believe it was Meachin wrote Christianity and Liberalism, mm-hmm. which you if you have not read it, I've not you read must, it. I have you to must read it. you must read Christianity and Liberalism by J. Gresham Meachin. Um, Meachin said this as it relates to what we're talking about right now, how socialism disregards totally any semblance of a doctrine of sin, even though they dogmatically state that capitalism is evil. Mm -hmm. They never define evil and they never give a benchmark as to what even there's no objective benchmark against which they define evil. They just basically say, Capitalism is evil because there are people in this world who have more stuff than others. Right. On that basis, capitalism is is evil. Listen to what Machen says about that, about um, what he calls liberalism and their disregard for the influence of sin in the world. Uh, Machen says this. He says, modern liberalism has lost all sense of the gulf that separates the creature from the creator. Its doctrine of man follows naturally from its doctrine of God. But it is not only the creature limitations of mankind which are denied. Even more important is another difference. According to the Bible, man is a sinner under the just condemnation of God. According to modern liberalism, there is really no such thing as sin. At the very root of the modern liberal movement is the loss of the consciousness of sin. The consciousness of sin was formerly the starting point of all preaching, but today it is gone. Characteristic of the modern age, above all else, is a supreme confidence in human goodness. And that's inherent to socialism, Verge, a, 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 a confidence in human goodness. Right. Meechin goes on. He says the religious literature of the day is redolent of that confidence. Get beneath the rough exterior of men, we are told, and we shall discover enough self-sacrifice to found upon it the hope of society. Mm-hmm. And that's what Ocasio-Cortez wants you to believe. Yeah. Yeah. That, that mankind inherently possesses the hope, the means uh, in and of ourselves to sort of turn this world around. And socialism is the way to do that. So yeah, Meechin yeah. goes on. Sorry, he says, ahead. and we shall discover enough self. Let me back up a little bit. Get beneath the rough exterior of men, we are told. And we shall discover enough self-sacrifice to found upon it the hope of society. The world's evil, it is said, can be overcome with the world's good. Hmm. No help is needed from outside the world. <laughs> that from J. Gresham Meachin 
is what you have in a nutshell as the worldview that Ocasio Cortez espouses. You you said you said it earlier, and 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 you know, oftentimes I mean, you you can you can listen to something and kind of bypass and almost miss it. When you said, basically, the fact that they want to do something is is the is that that virtue in and of itself is is salvific in mm-hmm. and of itself, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's what's inherent in their in in their worldview. It's it's just the mere fact that I want to do something good, not that I'm doing it, because when you when you approach most of most of them as individuals, they're not looking to be the ones to give of their own, give of their own means to to. I mean, you talked about it earlier from a biblical standpoint, you know, it, it, it not being something compulsory, but being something something out of the kindness of our heart. This is this is my own out of my own volition. I'm going to do this based upon right. my, my own desire. Exactly. That, that, they're not motivated that way. It has to be compulsion. It has to be uh, the, the government has to come in and do mm-hmm. this. And mm-hmm. it's only in that way that that mm-hmm. that that they see, you know, the good actually taking place. It's not, hey, I'm doing this or or in and of myself, I'm going to take care of this need or I see a need that I'm going to and I'm going to rally other people around this need. No, it's a government. Uh, it, it, it's government induced. It's government imposed, uh, you know, at the, at the at the point of a gun. Right. That's what government right. do. And so, it, you know, it's the virtue signal in and of itself. It's not their action. Uh, it's not their. It's not what they're doing on their own. It's the mere fact that they even have a desire to do it, so that they can wave this virtue signal. That in and of itself is salvation in their worldview. Right. right. And, and see, here's what's so sad about that is that people like Ocasio Cortez will have you convinced that your existence in this world is to the coin of phrase to create heaven on earth. <laughs> right. <laughs> but see what Cortez, what, what, what Ocasio Cortez doesn't understand is that even in heaven, not everything is equitable. Mm, come bro. Okay. Come even in heaven, not everything is going to be equal. Mm. Okay. So again, there's just so many ironies to those who would advocate socialism that it's not, it's not even funny, but Going back to something, again, you just kind of touched on uh, a second ago, Omaha. Again, just a reminder to our listeners. That, see, here's the thing. If, if you forget anything else we've said in this episode, understand all you need to know about socialism is that it is inherently compulsory. Wow. You have no choice. Right. It is inherently, by definition, compulsory. It is inherently coercive. And in that respect, in that respect alone, it is unbiblical. It is unbiblical. All right. First, let's do what we do, man. Let's go to the word. Keep it in mind what I just said about socialism being inherently coercive, inherently compulsory. Look at Exodus 25, 2. Exodus chapter 25, verse 2. This is where, uh, 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 God is giving instructions as it relates to offerings for the sanctuary. God says this in Exodus 25 two. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution for me from every man whose heart moves him. You shall raise my contribution. From every man whose heart moves him. Now, what is that Omaha? That's volition. Volition. That's will. 
That's not coercion. That's not compulsion. Even for the sanctuary, God says from every man whose heart moves him. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 44. This text here in Acts 2, this is the Christian socialist go-to text. This is the Christian socialist go-to text right here. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 44. Quote, they, and, and, and just as an aside, the they here, the pronoun they in verse 42 is referring to the 3,000 believers who are spoken of in verse 41, the immediately preceding verse, who, quote, received the word and, quote, were baptized. So that's the they here that we're talking about here in verse 42 in Acts chapter 2. See, there's much more in Acts chapter 2 than Pentecost for my Pentecostal brothers and sisters out there. If, if you read further in the chap, Acts chapter 2, you'll find that there's so much more than there than, than the tongues of fire. There's more than tongues in Acts chapter more, more 2? Tongue, more than tongues in Acts chapter 2, bro. Okay, well, I thought it was just Shama Lama, you know, Lama, Lama. I thought that's all we was getting in Acts 2. You finna break something else down? Okay. Hey, y'all, that was Omaha who said that. That wasn't me. That wasn't Daryl. Don't be setting my front yard on fire. Here we go. Acts 2, verses 42 through 44. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone, that is, all the believers, the 3,000, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they, that is, the believers, those 3,000, began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Now, I want to exegete this text a little bit here first. Come on. And all of those who had believed were together and had all things in common, and they began. They began. Volitional again. There you go. Will again. Independent will. They began. They weren't told. They weren't commanded. They weren't coerced. Okay. They weren't compelled by force. It says they began selling what? Their property. Their property. Again, socialism doesn't believe in such a thing as private property. They think, like Marx said, right? Marx said, from each according to his ability, to each according to his need. It doesn't matter what you own or how much. What matters is the need. As we talked about earlier, what matters is the virtue signal. Right. The virtue signal itself gives me the right to apply my ideal of forced giving to you, which means I must take what belongs to you. But in this text here in Acts 2, 
It says, they began of their own volition selling their property and possessions and were sharing with them all. But here's the caveat. The Christian socialists would stop right there at the word all. But that's not all the verse says. There's a comma right there. And wherever there's a comma, that means there's something else you need to read. And they were all sharing with them all as anyone might have need. Now, we kind of dealt with this verge in the episode we did on the gospel and immigration, where, biblically speaking, you just can't claim to be poor Uh and expect for somebody to kind of give you uh, you know, come to your aid, come to your rescue. No, you must have, you must objectively have a demonstrable need, a demonstrable material need in order to be declared as poor. But here in Acts chapter two, we see that they were selling their property and sharing with everyone as anyone might have need, need. Now, as I said before, Acts 2.44 is the favorite text of the Christian socialists. Now, the hermeneutics they apply to that text is horrible. It's always horrible as they subjectively pick and choose certain words from that text, such as the words like in common, selling, and sharing, and all. They'll take out words like that as opposed to expositing the text holistically and in context. And as a result, over the years, Christian socialists have developed a uh, uh, and they've argued incorrectly for they've argued for and developed a a a uh, a, a, a brand new theology uh, out of that one verse, uh-huh. so that in their mind Acts two forty four supports socialism, and I would argue that they are they would argue even in, beyond that that Acts two forty four supports communism, which is socialism on steroids. Right, right. You see. What's next after socialism is communism. Absolutely. And you've heard Christians uh, say, well, Acts 244 uh, advocates communism. No, no, it doesn't. When you look at the verse closely, it says they began. They weren't told. Okay. They began in and of themselves as a volitional decision that they made. Another text I want us to look at that I think debunks the uh, philosophy of Christian socialism is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Now, this is a familiar text mm-hmm. to probably most of us who are, most of those who are listening. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7, Paul says this. He says, now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do as what? as he has purposed in his heart. There we have it again, Bert, volition. volition. Mm-hmm. Will, not coercion, not compulsion. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, as is often the case with Acts 2.44, people misinterpret 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7, and completely overlook the fact that when you look closely at Paul's words in that text, Paul gives us three options. There are three options for the professing believer here in this text. One, option one, is you can sow bountifully. 
Option two is you can sow sparingly. Or option three, you can choose not to sow at all. Which not sowing at all is essentially the same as sowing sparingly. But the point is this, is that none of that is coerced. None of that is forced. It says he who sows, which intrinsically says what? That there are those who aren't going to sow. He who chooses to sow sparingly will reap sparingly. He who chooses to sow bountifully will reap bountifully. Another choice. It's the, it's the principle of, right, it's a volitional choice. God does not coerce or compel us to obey him. He does not. So it's texts like this one in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7 that bring to mind the words of the Apostle John in 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3 where he says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Mm. His commandments are not burdensome. Now that, that adjective in the Greek, burdensome means literally that God's commands are not heavy. God's commands do not weigh us down. They are not grievous. They are not severe. But see, socialism is all those things. Absolutely. Socialism is all those things. You see, here's the thing, Omaha. There is no grace in socialism. No, there's not. There is no grace in socialism. None. There is no volition in socialism. Socialism is all force. It is all coercion. It is all compulsion. It is all compulsion. Absolutely. And so, so socialism is, is theft at the point of the government's gun. Bingo. Bingo. At the end it's, of the day. It's, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that word theft because I just want to wait one last point here because I know we're coming up on the clock. But, you know, you mentioned the word theft. Think of socialism up against the Eighth Commandment, right? You shall not steal. Yes. Exodus 2015. Now, intrinsic or inherent to that command is the idea of what? Private property. Absolutely. Oh, that's good. There's stuff you own, Omaha. Mm -hmm. That's yours. Right. There's stuff I own. That's mine. So intrinsic with this commandment, the eighth commandment is the idea, the principle of private property, ownership of private property. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there's no such thing as theft. Absolutely. How can you steal? See, the socialists would have you believe that everything is communal. Right. Everything belongs to everybody equi equitably. Therefore, there can be no such thing as stealing. Right. Now, as much as I'm concerned about the poor, the legitimately poor and the legitimately needy, I don't leave my front door unlocked while I'm at work. And neither, and neither, and I promise you, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez does not either. She doesn't either. Mm -mm. She doesn't either. No, she doesn't. Mm -mm. So, again, for our listeners out here, Christian socialism is wholly antithetical to the gospel. There is nothing biblical at all about socialism. Mm -hmm. But as you said earlier, Verge, we encourage the listeners to do their own research. Go do your own research. Be a Berean. Absolutely. Don't take our word for it. Go research for yourselves. Search the scriptures for yourself. 
we've done the best we could in this limited amount of time that we have to convey to you our thoughts on this idea of democratic socialism and how it's bleeding into the church in the form of Christian socialism. Uh, and we welcome your feedback on this episode, just like with every other episode we do. Absolutely. It was a joy to do this with you, man, to walk through this, to give our, our listeners something that they can kind of sink their teeth into, because this issue is not going away. And uh, oh. this this is an election cycle for this period. This will this will rear its ugly head you know, here real soon as the next election cycle approaches. And I think it's incumbent upon us as believers to know what this is, to know how to deal with it from a biblical standpoint. And when we begin hearing the language that we talked about uh, within the framework of, of a Christian context, uh, to know how, how to address it. So, man, I appreciate you exegeting the text, unpacking it for us, letting us know exactly where where we need to go. And uh, we, we I think we got another banger, man. Any any last words, any last thoughts? Yeah, verse. let me wrap up with this for our listeners. Just keep in mind that socialism is not salvific. Socialism is not salvific. It cannot save you. Socialism cannot save you because it has no answer for the sin that gives rise to the inequities and injustices it purports to remedy. Only the gospel has the answer to that. And the answer is found in Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks again for joining us for this edition of the Just Thinking Broadcast. Check in with us next week. God bless. Mm-hmm.